Welcome to Ambar After, a short burst of film chat. I'm Ethan, and this is Emer. Hello. This week we've seen some Comic Con trailers. First up, Justice League. The trailer is an obvious reaction to the thoroughness and seriousness of Batman v Superman, it's as they've injected quite a lot of fun into it, and they've actually made Aquaman kind of look semi-interesting. His little clip in Batman vs Superman looked completely useless, but when he threatens Bruce Wayne in the trailer, it kind of looked at least interesting. And the Flash is obviously their Spider-Man, with Bruce Wayne being the Tony Stark and Flash being Peter Parker. Also out was the Lego Batman trailer, a more extended one, kind of revealing a bit more of the story, with Robin being involved. And it looked fun enough. I'm not sure it'll la- how it'll last for a full runtime. Maybe the, the joke will wear thin. Also out was the trailer for Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. It didn't quite look exactly what we expected. No, it looked a lot more like rough and ready kind of entertainment than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be just your usual kind of blockbuster. Yeah, it was nearly like a very modern day kind of cockney accent, just fun, a bit mad and just very not the sword and kind of knight's epic I was expecting. Yeah, even like the starting bit where they were running, you think like feel like they're like holding a camera just filming themselves. I knew that it was like a half first person kind of aspect of the trailer there. It just looks a bit mad. It looks a bit like lock, stock, and snatch, but done in like the medieval times, and I'm totally one hundred percent down for that. Yeah, I like nearly have had enough of them kind of films now, but that's actually reignited my excitement for it. Earlier this week, I went to see Star Trek Beyond, written by Simon Pegg and Doug Jung. This is the third film in the kind of reboot series. It's more episodic than the previous ones. It involves the crew of the Enterprise being caught in a trap after thinking they were going on a rescue mission and thus the ship crashes and they get stuck on a planet for a while. It results in a kind of different Star Trek adventure where they're obviously land based but they're also split up into separate little pairs and different groups and it's fun to see them spark off each other such as like Bones and Spock are put together and therefore Bones gets a lot more to do than usual which is great to see because Carl Urban's great in the role. We also get introduced to a new character called J-Law played by Sophia Patella out of Kingsman fame. She's kind of paired initially with Sam Pegg Scotty who although he overuses the word lassie a lot he's largely not too bad and you think usually when he writes the script you think maybe he's giving him too much of a big part but it actually worked out fine and there was enough humour but the best part in the film for me came a bit towards the later stages where a certain Beastie Boys track was used which is featured in the Star Trek universe before and it's just completely an absolute points to the air moment it had a smile on my face throughout and was actually sad when the song ended it was such a good moment such a properly feel good moment I think everybody in the cinema loved it the bad guy Kral played by Idris Elba interesting enough but they don't really do too much with him uh, he's just fine he's just, not, he's just a foil for their efforts but the episodic nature of this particular episode in the Star Trek franchise the fact that it is more self-contained actually makes it more enjoyable rather than being the dourness of interdarkness or maybe the timey-wimey effects of the first one this one's so much more straightforward, but more about the group dynamics, how they get on, and it's just fun. It's a standard formulaic blockbuster that just ticks the boxes, but it does it so well that you don't really mind. It's a solid three-star film. That's pretty much all I want, although Trek fans might be displeased the fact that it's still part of the popcorn-friendly Star Trek films, like, but this one does do more of the talking that the previous two have kind of put maybe to the back burner. I also managed to squeeze in Central Intelligence, which features a little heart and a big Johnson. The Rock and Kevin Hart actually kind of work well as a pair. The little and large combo, one's kind of frenetically hyper and worried and highly strong, 
to get Kevin Hart whilst The Rock is kind of more the laid back kind of carefree let's go do this thing action hero and it kind of works like obviously they might be aiming for your lethal weapons or your Beverly Hills Cop then kind of throw back kind of fun action buddy comedies but it is far more of an out and out comedy and it, it is quite a fun time spent with the, the two of them the chemistry it works it buzzes between them and it does enough to get three stars from me this evening though we went to see the new Pixar film Fighting Dory but just in front of it like all Pixar films there was a little animated short the one in front of Fighting Dory is called Piper and it was about a little bird by the sea, that lived by the sea and being trained by its mother presumed mother to how to like live in the world and feed itself it was actually quite fun I really liked it it's just like the standard Pixar short where you literally go through your entire range of emotions in about three minutes from like feeling like you're going to cry buckets over the wee bird and then getting a little bit uplifted so it was nice I liked it it was and the animation was insane like there was a kid behind us going daddy is that real is it real is that bird real because the water looked amazing like like obviously animation's come on heaps and bounds over the years but it was it could have easily been real filmed water and I was like I was impressed by that now on doing enough event Fighting Dory obviously like 13 years after Fighting Nemo and everybody's like oh so somebody gets lost again and we're going on a big adventure <laughs> but it's not quite so different Dory is obviously the forgetful fish the one that's got like a 10 second memory and just forgets everything but this time she's realised slowly but surely oh I, I had a family so she goes off in search of them and obviously Marlon and Nemo are kind of left trailing her trying to find her as she keeps swimming off what did you think? I really liked it it was I was kind of worried going into this because obviously whenever I was younger and saw Finding Nemo for the first time I didn't realise that like Ellen DeGeneres was the voice of Dory so then I was worried that I was just going to see her face for the entire time when I was listening to it this time but actually you just get completely immersed in the character of Dory again you fall in love with Dory all over again and something that make, helps you fall in love with Dory all over again is baby Dory <gasps> baby Dory what can I say about baby Dory it also really helped that the child as we mentioned before who's now turned into the star of this was behind us and sounded exactly like baby Dory um, but it was just so cute and like well, I'm a real sucker for like those cutesy things though so that's not really saying much but I just loved it everything about it yeah the familiar bo- familial bond with her parents and obviously getting lost at a young age kind of that was the emotional core throughout the film so therefore as it progressed you're just kind of like please I really hope she finds them I hope this film is a happy ending please 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 I can't handle this <laughs> and it was one of them films as well like with the new characters that were brought into you spent the film being like I know that voice where do I know that voice from? Yeah, there was a big and Modern then, Family connection. Yeah, and then, because I, like, I love Modern Family. You love Modern Family too, but it just like dawned on me in the middle of it. I was like, Ethan, do you know who that is? Yeah, Ed O'Neill voices the new Octopus, Hank, and Ty Burrell also. Not, not, Septopus. The new Septopus, <laughs> Hank, and Ty Burrell voices a sonar whale thing with a big head called Bailey. Yeah. So there is a little connection there. The film also explores the origins of many of Doryisms, such as like why she sings "Just Keep Swimming, Just Keep Swimming," and oh. "Speaking Well." <laughs> but the the film is just a colourful delight. Just, if you love the first one, you'll obviously love this one. It's fun. It's emotional. It's colourful. It's full of little flashbacks and nice moments. It's just a good time in the cinema. Yeah, I did get really emotional as well near the end. There was a certain point where the tears were like threatening to come out of my eyes but you know held it together 
and keeps it all going at a good pace. There's a few moments maybe like where it's like, oh, she, oh, she got lost again. Oh, she got lost again. Oh, and sometimes the memory charm kind of wears a bit thin. But as Pixar are want to do, they just know how to work it and keep you going and keep you interested. Sometimes I nearly feel with these films as well. You're nearly at a, like an advantage going to it as an adult because I feel like as a child you're just loving the characters and you do as an adult too. But like you get like an added depth where you like literally like go through everything the character goes through and like there's a few jokes and things in there I suppose as well like as always with these films thrown in for the adults like one at the start kind of sticks out in my head but no it was definitely a good adult and child film so fine Dory we get a four stars from me Emer? Mm, probably four as well sweet if you want to reach out to us online you can find us at mbar films on twitter and on facebook or mbar.co.uk forward slash films on the interwebs until next time, have a happily and bar after. That was so cheesy. Maybe worth it. Yeah, worth it. Cheerio.